Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. And good Saturday morning. Welcome into a Mardi Gras type of weekend. And, you know, most of the Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries public hearings on the speckled trout issue uh, are over. There's five down, three more to go, and I'll give you those listings in a little bit. They've pretty well been attended. I was at the one in Slidell Thursday evening, and I had a pretty packed house. And understand Metairie was the same way and a good turnout in Baton Rouge tells me that people are very, very interested in this issue, and we're going to talk more about it. Asking you this morning, how did you rate the presentation if you attended one of those meetings? Is Wildlife and Fisheries doing a good job on explaining the issue and the measures that they will take to bring the speckled trout back to uh, away from its overfished, as they put it, condition? Also, have you formed an opinion as to what cuts, if any, should be implemented to compensate for the lack of speckled trout? We'd love to hear from you. You can text those comments to me at 870-870. I started a little bit of an announcement on Facebook about this and got quite a few comments coming in that way. Well, the uh, the that's a pretty bold step that they're taking in doing this, but I tell you, nobody's taking a more bold approach to a fishery problem in Alabama. I'm going to tell you about what they're doing to help increase its floundering flounder population. Got a little bit of problem there, and they're working hard to correct that. We'll tell you uh, what they're doing and ask you if you think it's going to be effective. Also, we got fishing reports coming your way. Yes, it is February. Fishing for saltwater generally tough, but some pretty good conditions, and I'll get to those in a moment. Uh, the Gulf Coast is celebrating Mardi Gras holiday this weekend. And on Tuesday, some of you will have some extra time off. Now, will you spend that partying in the streets, going to parades, riding in parades, or will you be hunting or fishing, taking advantage of a couple of extra days? Also, for you fans of sporting clays, well, maybe you've never tried that, but it's simulated hunting shots. It's not standard trap or skeet throws. Uh, they've been called golf with a shotgun. You move along to different uh, stations, and each one has a different option for you on, on on shots that mimic hunting conditions and there's an event that's coming up in the first weekend in march it's going to be fun and it's for a great cause we'll tell you about gunning for a cure and how you can get involved in it when we talk to daryl sherman the director also we have a lot of other outdoor events popping up on the calendar yeah springtime's not far away and we're also going to talk about a seafood summit if you're interested in the industry of seafood in louisiana there's a summit coming it's a one-day event it's free to the public you may be wanting to get involved in that. Maybe even find a new job or career. A bad boy, the outdoors feature. 
Well, I'm going to tell you how you can earn $9,000 by helping bring a bad boy the outdoors to justice. Uh, be tuned in for that. Coastal Marine forecast, if you headed out today, I'll tell you, boy, it was a gorgeous day yesterday. We got some quail hunting in up at Crane Creek with uh, Martha Spencer and Dean Galatis and my dog Smokey and her sister Latte. Excellent, perfect conditions for quail hunting. It started off in the high 30s, worked its way up to the mid-50s by uh, early, late morning. And uh, dogs worked real good. And, uh, well, if we'd have shot a little better, we'd ended up more. But uh, came home with 18 uh, nice, plump, jumbo bobwhite quail. Well, here's your conditions if you're going to do any of that late-season squirrel or rabbit hunting or fishing. If you're headed offshore, oh, there's going to be a big ride out there. Winds have been blowing hard, but they are subsiding. Northeast today, 10 to 15 knots, 5-foot seas, not very comfortable. Tomorrow, much better. East wind at 5 to 10. They're calling for some smooth conditions uh, on the inside waters and a little bit lower seas on the offshore. Uh, southeast winds 5 to 10 tomorrow on the inside. Smooth conditions. Tide range pretty good, 1.1. Uh, Got to watch that Mississippi River. It's 15.3 and rising. And uh, the Pearl River is a mess. I was over that way yesterday. And I got to tell you, it's uh, really rapids are pouring through the Honey Island Swamp and encroaching on some of the, the, the homes and, and waterways. And uh, we, we keep our, our thoughts and prayers for those folks there. A lot of flooding up in Jackson and between Jackson and Slidell expected that, that Pearl River to keep uh, increasing on the rise over the next week or so. Uh, high pressure today. Uh, going to be some beautiful blue skies out there, plenty of sunshine. Take advantage of it. Don't know how long it's going to last. And when we come back, we're going to take a look at some of the text messages coming in on the board and also get some fishing reports. First up, Robbie Campo down at Shell Beach. We'll get his take on the fishing scene this weekend, what the fishermen did and what the prospects for actually a good-looking morning. It's chilly start but going to warm up a little bit later on if you want to delay your trip. We're back right after this. You are tuned to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. And let's check out what's going on down in the parish, uh, known as St. Bernard. Robbie Campo is at Campo's Marina, and uh, he's scooping shrimp and launching boats on a Saturday morning. Robbie, what's up? Well, Don, I tell you, we've got a north wind blowing about 12, 15 knots down here. It's um, uh, gusting to 15, I should say. Uh, water's... The water is really, really dirty. Um, things haven't cleaned up since yesterday. It was really dirty yesterday. It's still dirty this morning. Um, you know, your ticket today is you have to find clean water to catch some fish. And the only place that they had any clean water at all yesterday, well, there was two spots. It was on the other side of the dam and up around in Gallego, around the grass beds up behind Lena's Lagoon. Um any, anywhere off of St. Marlowe, the water was dirty. So your ticket today is going to, you're going to have to find some clean water. Um, you know, and it, I tell you, Don, it's, we just never had many people out this week. Uh, you know, it rained Thursday. It was, you know, it's been blowing uh, yesterday, today. It's going to, I think, I think the winds are going to subside today some sometime during the morning here, but it is still blowing really hard right now. So, um with that said, I think if I was going to go fishing today, I would have to at least venture out behind the dam. The water, the water's up pretty good, so I go get behind that dam and uh, and try to find some clean water back there, and uh, you know, just peck along them rocks or whatever, and try to catch some, some you know, because they got sheephead, redfish, you know, they got all kind of stuff back there. Not many trout were caught this week either, 
So, you know, they're there because when the water, you know, uh, had people out earlier in the week before this weather came through that fished out in Bay Elwha, in Bay Elwha, or by the, by the trash power rig and caught, caught trout over there uh, Monday. So if fish are here, it's just getting the weather to get out there to get them is, is going to be the problem. Um, and you just, I don't think you're just going to have that weather to go out there and get them. I wouldn't rush down here in a mad rush to get in the water. I'd let the sun come up, you know, and uh, let let things just uh, kind of settle down a little bit before you before you make that mad dash to get to get out here to go fishing. Um, it's pretty cold. It's 45 degrees out here. <laughs> Probably feels like it's in a in a in the high 30s. I guess with this wind blowing. Um, I'm bundled up, man. I got my my insulated bibs on and my jacket. It's kind of cold outside, so um, dress warm today for the first part of it. I'm sure. I think it's going to warm up, but uh, it warmed up yesterday in the 50s. I imagine it's going to warm up again. But uh, bundle up this morning if you're coming down here, and you ain't got to worry about gnats today because <laughs> wind is whipping. <laughs> no gnats, <laughs> not today. Well, the winds winds are supposed to slow down a little bit. Um, do you, is there a problem with the water level? I know that wind had a little bit of east in it, so that generally keeps the water up because some of the places they're going to find that clean water is back in those little tiny ponds and drains up in the marsh. Will they be able to get up in there with that water level? Oh yeah, the, the, the water the water is up pretty good. I mean, it's not it's not. It's not on on the docks or anything, but it's it's up enough to go, you know, fool around behind Stump Lagoon or whatever back there. You know, what I mean, it's the water levels are all right. I, I wouldn't be scared of that. It's uh, it's just you know, trying to find clean water is going to be your problem today because it, you know it it was blowing really really hard yesterday. It was it was in the you know twenty knot range yesterday, and it blew like that all day. And then you know this morning here. Um, it's, it's still blowing, you know, like I said, uh, 12 to 15 knots. So it's, it, it's still blowing pretty good. You're just going to have to get out there and just find some clean water and, and, you know, that's going to be your ticket. Uh, and, and look, still, still got fish around here, man. Just, it's just, you know, when nobody fishing, it's February, you know what I mean? It's not, it's yeah, a, right. this is not prime fishing weather. So, you know, uh, you know, we got Mardi Gras going on, just, just not a whole, whole lot of people, you know, fishing out here to, to, to give you a, a, a great, you know, the report that I want to give you. You know what I mean? I'd like to be telling you to be filling the boxes up with trout, but just not many people fishing. It's tough. Um, Ro- Donna, Robbie, uh, Mardi Gras. This? What's that? I was going to ask you about uh, Mardi Gras. Uh, a lot of people, this is a four-day weekend for them. They're going to take that Monday off, and Tuesday's a holiday. Uh, how busy is the marina generally on Mardi Gras Day? A lot of people don't go to parades. They fish, or, you know, in this time of the year when it's in February, you can do a rabbit hunt or a squirrel hunt. Well, we're, we're open, so if you want to come on down, you just take a left at that bridge and come on and see us. We're going to be here. So, you know, we don't, we, this is, Mardi Gras is just another day, and, uh, you know, we're open. So you want to come on down and go, go fishing. We're going to be here. Just take a left at that bridge. Come on down and see us. We're going to be here doing what we do every day. Got it. Anything else before you go, Rob? Well, uh, uh, I didn't go to the I didn't go to the trout meetings, um, but I, I heard a lot of people that went to them and it said it was a dog and pony show. But uh, um, I'm, I'm kind of 
wondering what your thoughts are on this deal. Well, uh, I mean, you have to take in consideration how good is the science. Uh, it's the only science we've got, so that's what they're going to act upon. And I, I thought they did a pretty good job of explaining the situation. They had the audience captivated. They used clickers. It was some modern technology that helped get people, instead of just jumping up and screaming with their opinions, they were able to actually cast some votes and get some immediate results. And the way I see it, it looks like I think most people are supporting an increase in the size length, like a 14-inch limit. And at 14 inches, I believe they said that you could stay at 25 fish, not have to change the limit, and that would accomplish that 20% reduction in the harvest. And that's what the goal is, reduce it 20%. For five years, and that'll get the SPR back up to a healthy state. So, uh, I think most people are leaning that. Some people want even more restriction. They they would want to you know cut the limit. I, I don't know. People are not catching 25 anyway. So uh, the number I don't think is as important as it is to get that minimum size up, which leaves an awful lot of breeding trout in the water, and and that's what we need. Well, you know, Don, I I, I always say this. You know, you got to take into consideration of what's going on in the environment where these trout are always spawning, and they can't spawn in river water. It's just not going to happen. And, you know, due to Mardi Gras past being busted open since 2012 to Hurricane Isaac, um, you know, that whole Iron Banks and Stone Island area, and you know, everything south of the Margo Rocks, all the way to Battle Door going out, is you know was prime breeding grounds for speckled trout, but once was prime breeding ground for speckled trout is not anymore. So I, I think yeah. you know they're not even taking habitat issue you know into into play here. It's it's a habitat issue. I I don't believe that it's that it's a it's a it's a trout it's you know number problem. I think our trout got pushed push further east the last few years, um, more towards Mississippi Sound, and uh, you know and that's that's my take on it. And you know. Well, here, here's think, the thing. The, the, from a bio, from size limit is going to hurt us. I really do. I believe it's going to hurt us because I know in May, in June, July, and August, that's all you hear about is people catching 11-and-a-half-inch fish, 11-and-a-half-inch fish. I hear this every day. I think I think this is, it's going to be really, really hard to keep 25, 14-inch fish. I, I, you know, this is my opinion only now, um, but I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> You know, I'd rather see it cut to 20 and keep it at 12 or, you know, but I think whatever they do, you just got to remember, you know, the, the, the ripple effect. Once you cast a stone, you're going to have a ripple effect. So um, with that ripple effect, you know, uh, and it's not just the mariners and charter captains that I'm talking about. It, you know, if you cut it too much, you're going to have, you know, a ripple effect that's going to it's gonna hurt coastal Louisiana and tax base is what I'm talking about. So. You know, I'm just uh, I'm 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 gonna go to the meeting in Baton Rouge and you know express my opinions, but we'll have to see how that all works out. But whatever it is, it's gonna be gonna be, and we just have to live with it. You're right, and they do admit that the amount of fresh water from diversions and from Bonnicarry spillway opens does have an effect. But when they say what they should say when they say the species is overfished, that it's overfished given 
the little habitat that we have left. And it's not a little, but it's a lot less than what it used to be. And from a biological standpoint, as far as a fisheries biologist, they're saying, well, you know, the only thing we can control is what the fishermen are taking out of the water. We, you know, it's a political issue as far as whether what happens with the habitat. Biologically, they know what it's going to produce, but they have no control over weather and, and water diversions. There, it, it could be control, but again, that's political. But given the, the reduced amount of habitat we've got, that's the reason for the overfishing. we got more people with better equipment than we've ever had in the past, so the pressure's there, and we've got less habitat to produce fish. So that is equaling the overfishing. That makes sense to me. Now, how we get to that, what size, you know, that's going to be determined by the commissioners and the public. But, you know, they said you could keep the 12-inch, but you just got to reduce the, the number of the take on them. Uh, if you're going to get a 20% left in the water, you got to do a cut somewhere, and that's the, that's the question. What are they going to do to get there? And then as far as the other part, as far as the habitat, well, that's a political battle, and that's going to have to be won in, in the legislature. Well, I, that's the first thing that needs to be tackled is, you know, um, is is this freshwater issue, you know, and, it's, and, and you know it, Don, you, may, you know, Mardi Gras Pass has the whole south inundated all the way to the islands, right? Right. You can look at the satellite imagery of it. I mean, it, it doesn't lie. It tells you what's going on. And this thing pumping water 24-7, 365 since Hurricane Isaac and since 2012, I mean, it's, it, you know, there, there's no oysters over there. There's no oysters in the whole south, the whole, the whole Black Bay area, which is one of the prominent, most prominent oyster grounds that they had, um, it, it's gone. That 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 whole yeah. thing, that whole deal is gone. So if you you know oysters, no life, man. That's just what I say. You know, because yeah. oysters are the life of the whole or the whole ecosystem. So, but we'll have to see how it all works out, and it's gonna whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen, and we're gonna live with it. So, um, <laughs> you got story it. for another time. So uh, okay, Rob, take left at that bridge and come and see us. We we down here waiting on you. <laughs> yes, sir. Come on down. We'll see you next time. Thank you. All right, Bobby Campo. <clears throat> Campo Marina, Shell Beach. All right, we're a little late for the break. We'll be back with some of your text messages right after this timeout. All right, so those meetings that are remaining on the schedule, uh, there'll be one this coming Wednesday. That's going to be at the LXU Extension Office in Lake Charles at 6 p.m. And then Thursday at the Rapides Parish Extension Office in Alexandria. That's also at 6. And then at 1 o'clock next Saturday at the Lincoln Parish Library in Ruston. Uh, those are to hear public comment on potential speckle trout management changes in the regulations. Uh, there's also, I understand, a meeting for the hunting regulations, a comment period, uh, a public hearing going on today. That's going to be in Lake Charles at the LSU Ag Center. Uh, it's the second year in a row, for some reason, they attended to schedule this on a, on a Saturday morning, which is pretty unusual. Anyway, there will be other opportunities. Uh, they're going to be accepting email opinion on the speckled trout issue following the public hearings, and then they'll take that. Uh, the biologists will uh, make a presentation uh, to the, the commission. Uh, it's called the Notice of Intent. It will go through legislative scrutiny, some oversight, and then uh, they will actually uh, consider a final resolution on it. And uh, all those options, uh, you can find it all on the Wildlife and Fisheries website, or if you go to one of those meetings, uh, they explain the, the situation very well. I thought they did a good presentation on presenting it, um, and then they offer some public comment at the end of the meeting. All right, we come back after this, and we're going to get to some of your text messages. That's at 870-870, and more which you and I love to talk about every Saturday morning on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. 
All right, I'll get to some of your text comments in a moment, but uh, I want to go back and talk about this uh, speckled trout issue. Currently, we have in Louisiana, <clears throat> excuse me, 12-inch limit, minimum size. You can keep 25 fish. In order to reduce the catch from that by 20%, here are some of the options they're offering. If you change the daily bag limit only and keep it at 12 inches, I would have to go down to 10 fish per person. If you re- increase the size to 14-inch, you would be able to continue to keep the 25 fish limit, but you'd have to keep fish only 14 inches or larger. <clears throat> if you did both, if you went to a 13-inch minimum, you would reduce the catch by 12 fish. So you got options of 10, 12, or 25, depending on going up one inch on each fish. Uh, there's also a slot limit out there, which is kind of like our redfish. If you go between 13, in other words, you have to keep only fish between 13 and 20 inches, release anything over or less than 13, but over 20, uh, that would be 12 fish. Uh, also 12, there's a recommendation for a 13 uh, size limit to 20, but you could keep one fish over 20. They say any of those scenarios will reach the desired 20% for a five-year period to bring it back to a safe spawning potential ratio and a biomass of, of speckled trout. So those, I think, are going to be the options. People are being asked to select what they feel would, would, be, would fit their best case, and then, of course, it will be put forth to the commissioners, and they will ultimately vote on it after it passes muster through the Senate uh, Oversight Committee. So that's kind of where it stands at the moment. we got three more of those public hearings to go, then an email period from the public, and, of course, you're welcome to attend those commission meetings each month in Baton Rouge. All right, when we come back from this station identification pause, I'm going to get to those text messages. You can send us one at 87870. Back with them right after we let our local stations identify themselves on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. All right, first in we have uh, one from our Gentilly Wildlife Refuge resident, Justin. He says that's where the birds are all hyperactive this morning. He watched Bayou Bayou Wild TV. It comes on at 4 a.m. Saturday mornings on uh, WUPL Channel 54 in New Orleans. He said those bull reds were bigger than the girls. That's when we had Miss Louisiana uh, on to catch a bull red. And actually, she did some cooking on redfish, too. She had a great time and not a bad fisher person, too. All right, here's one from Ed Miller in Wilmer, Alabama. No fishing, water everywhere in the Mobile Delta. Yeah, it seems to be a problem with uh, those rivers overflowing. Here's one in regard to the speckled trout creel limited size. I still say going to 14 inches and reducing the limit to 20 would be very successful. Love listening. Uh, That could be done, but they say if you go to 14, you can keep the limit at 25 per day and still achieve the 20%. Of course, Catching that 25 limit, even though it's there, would be uh, extremely difficult because right now, according to the stats, most people, uh, average catch is somewhere around three to five speckled trout per trip. So reducing the limit from 20 to 25, eh, probably not going to accomplish a lot. All right, here's one that says, um, uh, let's see, i got to find this. Look forward to your show every Saturday morning. I look forward to fishing again since I just recently overhauled my boat with new equipment. Very good. All right, let's see. we got some more text coming in. This one says, Robbie's right about the 11-and-a-half-inch fish and the business impact a higher limit will cause marinas may suffer if folks don't fish because they're throwing back 99% of the catch. It sure would hurt to throw back 13-and-7-eighths-inch trout. Uh, okay, that's BCKFC Old Dog. All right, if you'd like to send us a, a text message, it's 870-870. 
All right, we've got uh, also to, to mention to you, uh, I want to tell you about the, uh, the hearing, more information on that hearing. What they do is they give you a clicker when you come in, and they ask you a bunch of questions about how you feel about different things, and you click and they get immediate results. And they do it before the presentation and after the presentation. It was interesting to see uh, the change in that. But, uh, again, they're, they're working on this thing, and, you know, you're going to be a very important part of it. I, they kept mentioning throughout the meeting that, you know, the fishermen's opinions do count. Uh, some people say that it's a done deal. They've already decided what they're going to do. I, I don't really feel that. I think it's really important because there's a lot of concern. They understand it's a biological problem, but it's got social and economic impacts to it, and uh, you, you don't want to do something that's going to destroy the industry. Uh, at the same time, have the stocks recover. Anyway, that's kind of where all that stands. Uh, we're going to be back in just a minute. We'll talk to Captain Kirk Stansel, find out what's going on over in southwest Louisiana this morning. He's at the Hackberry Rod and Gun over there in the Big Lake area. Get his report. Also got a report coming up from Grand Isle with Daryl Carpenter. Paddler's report with Brendan Bayard is what we do on Saturday mornings on the Outdoors with Tom Dubuque Radio Network. All right, let's uh, get back to our text messages. Here's one that says uh, 14 to 20 inch slot, 15 a day. That's not one of the options. Uh, they go 13 to 20, and uh, you know that's what they say will work there. But at 14 to 20, I, I guess there would be. They'd have to rework the numbers if that was something they would consider. All right, here's the backstrap stacker checking in from Mobile. The rivers are high as the crawfish prices this time of year. Wishing everyone a happy Mardi Gras. Uh, here's one that said they should at least put a limit on the charter fisherman's time, and time again they go out with five people and bring back five limits day after day. All right, this is some of the misinformation that is out there on social media. Uh, if you look at the numbers, and again, it's the only numbers we've got. You may or may not put any faith in them, but the, the catch that is made by the charter industry is insignificant when compared to the huge numbers of recreational fishermen out there. Uh, they represent a total of about 16% of the harvest. Uh, that leaves 84% caught by the, the recreationals. you got to remember, those people on that boat, they're recreationals also. So that is not a workable option is to reduce what charter fishermen are catching. And that's a common misbelief, though. Uh, if you go to the meeting, you'll get the presentation. You, you'll see the numbers. I'll go to the Wildlife and Fisheries website and look out trout management, and you'll see it there. All right, here's one. Uh, thanks for the show and the valuable content. Uh, bad time for fishing, but a great time for sampling fine pastry. Uh, Going to go to the uh, Boudin, oh, yeah, Boudin King Cakes for the relatives and friends. Can't wait to launch the yak. That's from the Lafayette Yacker. Yeah, those Boudin uh, cakes are, are pretty, pretty good. You get those over at Billy's. Had them not too long ago. All right, here's a comment. False River Restoration is working. Two bass over eight pounds caught this week, taking 18 pounds to win tournaments there. But there's really good news here in False River's on the comeback. False River was producing some huge bass, and the bass fishing there was great. And then they started messing around with water levels and using it as a drainage uh, facility first and as opposed to a fishery. And it seems like they've got that restoration program turned in the right direction. All right, here's one that says, uh, folks, decreased brown shrimp, decreased trout, no waterfowl, disappearing marshes, increased flooding from tropical storms, the dominoes are falling. Uh, free river to build our coast now. That's one person's opinion. All right, 14-inch minimum of one fish over 26, 15-fish limit. Whew, yeah, one over 26, that would definitely be a trophy. 
All right, uh, Don, sorry you had to miss last week's Boucheret at White Oak, but I know viewers of Bayou Wild TV will be able to look forward to some of the great footage of the event and get to see Martha making some blood boudin. Yeah, I want to see that, too. <laughs> All right, we've got uh, more text we'll get to. Let's see, this one says, uh, will the Louisiana Wildlife Federation discuss a resolution on the speckled trout issue at its upcoming state convention in March? I do not know that. I think it would be a good idea, and it's very likely that they will. And it will be probably presented at the convention and then voted on and sent forth as a, as a resolution to the commission. All right, let me tell you what Alabama's doing with regard to their flounder. You know, they changed the regulations uh, earlier this year. Uh, they reduced it to five flounder per day per fisherman. Uh, the commercial trip, they reduced the, the quantity and also increased the size limit to 14 inches. So the, the, the flounder season was closed to both of them for the whole month of November to protect flounder that were migrating to the spawning grounds. Well, they've decided to take another step, and they have been raising f- fingerlings at the Claude Petit Mariculture Center uh, on the Gulf. And what they do is they collect adult fish and broodstock. But not only do they have those, they're also collecting some from uh, the Saltwater fin-, fin Addicts Tournament. And they got about 40 fish that were brought in live. Uh, they check them to make sure they don't have any parasites or bacteria, and then they introduce them into the breeding population. So uh, don't know how that's going to work out, but it certainly can hurt to produce uh, fingerling flounders and introduce them into the habitat to improve the fishery. All right, we've got some events coming up. In fact, later on this morning on More Outdoors, we're going to be talking uh, in depth with Darrell Sh- uh, Sherman about the gunning for a cure. It's scheduled for March 7th. It's going to be at Stella Plantation down in Braithwaite in St. Bernard Parish. This is a sporting clays competition. Get your four-person team together. Uh, I've got some real sharpshooters. I'm coaching the Bayou Wild TV shooting team. We will be participating in Gunning for a Cure. Uh, They serve a little breakfast at 8 a.m. The event takes place until about noon, and they have a luncheon and some festivities, and they present the awards. It wraps up uh, about 5 o'clock. So it's an all-day event, sporting clays if you've never done it. It's different stations that you move to, kind of like a golf course. You go through the course. Each station has shots that might represent, they call one, springing teal. Uh, And they've got another one that's a rabbit running across the side. They've got crossing shots, some that come at you, some that are high flyers. It's a lot of fun, and it all raises money for a cure for prostate cancer. Dr. Oliver Sartre at Tulane Cancer Center has uh, been the beneficiary of this for several years, and it makes an awful lot of money. And it's a fun time to go out there. Hunting seasons pretty much will be over. So if you're interested in it, visit their website, gunningforacure.org. And let me tell you, the food and drink is exquisite out there. And there's a whole range. Don't be intimidated. I mean, there's a lot of really good teams out there and some not-so-good teams and shooters. Stella Plantation, gunningforacure.org. You'll find out all the details you'll need. Also, we're going to tell you a little bit later on about a uh, Louisiana Fishers Forward Summit that's going to be coming up on March 11th, Pontchartrain Center in Kenner. We've got details on that. So stick around. We'll be back after this if we can catch up with Daryl Carpenter, get a Grand Isle Area Fishing Report right here on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And Daryl Carpenter keeps us up to date on what's happening with the fishing down in the Grand Isle, Leeville areas. Let's talk to him right now. Daryl, what's going on this week besides uh, a lot of rain and some high winds? Uh, there was a lot of that, Don, but it also warmed up a little bit. 
you know, we, the fish started biting a little bit. And then, of course, the last two days happened, which is going to knock us back. You know, I, I think uh, I, I think these fish are a little bit confused. They don't know if one day to put on their speedos and get up in the shallows and start sunning, or, or the next day, you know, they're, they're in some deep hole somewhere waiting waiting for the weather to pass. Um, but no, the, the last couple of days has hit it pretty hard. The water it pushed a lot of the water out again. It water's low. It's muddy, buddy. Um, but it's supposed to warm up next couple of days. And, you know, yesterday on that high tide, even though the wind was blowing, you could tell the water was trying to clean up. So hopefully today, the, you know, the winds dropped a little bit, the winds moved. It's supposed to come out of the East today, which should push a lot of water back into marsh. So hopefully later in the day, it's going to clean up a little bit and, It'll turn them back on. Uh, a whole lot of redfish were caught around Grand Isle this past week, even with the with a little bit of fishing that was done. Uh, a whole lot of small ones. Uh, looks looks like we've got a good crop for this coming year because it was a whole lot of 14 inches. wasn't a whole lot of trout caught, but you know, uh, like I said, nobody ventured very far with the weather forecast. So a lot of the fishing was done right here close by the island. Mm-hmm. You know, the other night at that trout meeting, they used a term that I, I never really heard before, but certainly understood, is that you actually bring the, you, I forgot how you put it, but you basically fit the fish to the size limit. In other words, once you establish for a number of years a minimum size, then you create that like a 12-inch trout. Uh, there's so many more under that size because they're being left in the water, and it's the same thing with redfish. You know, you got that 16-inch limit, so you start seeing a lot more fish right under that size because that's the ones that don't end up in the ice chest. Right, and, and the same thing happened in the spillway with bass. I mean, when they started messing with the bass limits, what, 20, 30 years ago or more, but 30 years ago, the same thing. I mean, you went two years without being able to haul any kids your keeper, but everything grew into the keeper size. So, so you know, you see that a lot, and and it happens. I mean, it's a, it's environmental. You know, it's 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 part of the pressure situation. You're you're right, and but you know, my only argument, and we could go real deep in this trout thing, is you catch that redfish and turn him loose, he survives a whole lot better than what that trout does. You know. So. Yeah, I don't know how good a handle they have on the survival rate of speckled trout. Uh, they mentioned that all the studies that were done, although I don't think Louisiana has done extensive studies, more, more so Texas and states to the east, uh, they generally think it falls at about 10% is what uh, does not survive. Uh, you know, 90% right, of the right. fish they... that you release survive. Now, there's other theories and percentages, but that's generally the one. That's accepted as a is a mortality rate for that's that's fish. what that's what's accepted uh, Gulf wide is the ten percent and and like you said a lot of the studies have done been done by neighboring states you know now here in the Barataria Basin I would I'd venture to say that the mortality rate's probably somewhere in the sixty seventy percent range with the predation we we've got but you know that's localized here um, you know so I mean but you get whenever you do something like that you've got to extrapolate it across the entire fishery. Yep. What are you hearing? Uh, and I know there wasn't a lot of people went offshore. A lot of trips were canceled because of the weather. But uh, I understand earlier in the week, or was it last weekend, there was some pretty big tuna caught. Hadn't seen any here. Like I said, the, the few boats that we've seen going out have been mostly coming back with Wahoo. I think they're running way to the west to get to that cleaner water. Um, I hadn't seen a whole lot of tuna here. I did see some Internet reports out of Venice. There was a few tuna caught. Uh, I, I didn't see a whole lot in numbers. I did see some bigger fish caught. Um, you know, it's just, it's so weather dependent right now that you know, we're just, 
I mean, we, we complain about this every year, this time of the year. And every year we say, oh, well, it's, it's worse this year. And I, I honestly believe it's a little bit worse this year. I mean, there's, you don't seem to be getting as long as a calm period in between these storms. So there hasn't been a whole lot of effort. People just, just aren't wasting the time and the energy to go just to get blown out. Right. Uh, Darrell, Flounders, what has been the, the status of the Flounders in Grand Island? I know for a while there, boy, it was like nobody was catching them, and they bounced back a little bit. Uh, what has been the, the latest on Flounders out there? Well, they did bounce back some this year. We we noticed a, a, a larger catch this year than what, what had been happening. I mean, we went almost two years without it. Um, I, I do believe that there's an issue with flounder, and, and you know I you, you know that I pull a shrimp trawl every now and then, and I, I noticed this year pulling the shrimp trawl that we were seeing more flounder in the shrimp in the shrimp trawl, and and I'm one of you know I'm a, I'm a very small operation, so I'm one of those that as soon as I pull it up, I see flounder in it, I'm getting them back in the water, um, but uh, but I, I think. I think it's going to take us another year or two to know whether or not we're on a bounce back. Uh, you know, there's a theory coming out of Texas that it's got to do with water temperatures, what's going on with our flounder. Um, so, I, you know, I, I think it's going to take another year or two. I did see an increase, but, you know, here lately they've kind of fallen off. One of my trips last week, uh, I saw there were two dolphins working the canal that I was in, and those dolphins were just eating one flounder after another. We knew it was flounder because they were actually playing volleyball with them. They were throwing yeah, them up they, in the air so you could see them. They use them like a so, frisbee. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, they were there. Uh, you know, the flounder were there. It's just, you know, uh, I, you know, I think it's going to take another year or two to see if we're going to bounce back. Got it. Daryl, com. my website, DonTheOutdoorsGuy.com. They can find out about you. Give them the telephone number. 225-937-6288. All right. Thank you, my friend. Happy Mardi Gras. Happy Mardi Gras, Don. Y'all be safe. See you next week. All right. Coming back with more fishing reports and also how you can earn a $9,000 reward. Bring a bad boy to justice. Up next on The Outdoors. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.